What up, world? And welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Blazers. I am your pass-first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. Season's over, but we still got some news. We're going to hit on the news today that came out of exit interviews. The Blazers met with the media for the final time of the 2018-19 season at their practice facility in Tualatin. And generally speaking, these days are usually worthless. People say that they're going to go into the summer and get better and come back a better player. And they talk about how they want to re-sign with the franchise. As I was going to say that, I remembered once that that Mo Williams started his uh press conference by saying that he wanted to resign and that he wanted to sign a three-year deal with the Blazers. Like he began negotiating literally at exit interviews prior to meeting with Neil Olshay. All-time favorite moment just popped in my head. Yeah, an all-time great exit interview moment. But but generally speaking, nothing of note comes out of these things. Uh, guys who are injured are getting close to healthy. Guys who struggled are going to get better. Young people are excited for summer league. Old vets are excited for some time off and to you know, hone their craft in the lab and other cliches that follow players into the offseason. Uh, generally speaking, people are positive about what happened in the season. I don't think the way the Blazers last two years, it's made these ex-interviews a little more contentious, particularly when talking to the GM. Excuse me, President of Basketball Operations. You know, Shay, get that title right. But Tuesday, the practice facility was a little bit different. There was some real news. We're talking contract extensions. People in the Blazers getting paid or getting rumored to be paid in the future. So that's what I want to talk about here. I'm going to start this first segment. We're going to talk about the sort of big headline news that happened today, that came up today. It hasn't happened today, and we'll talk about it more when it actually happens. But Damian Lillard is rumored to be ready to accept and sign a Supermax contract extension to keep him in Portland through the year 2025 or through the 24-25 season. Terry Stotts also agreed to a multi-year contract extension instead of going into next year as a lame duck. The Blazers coach will now be extended beyond just his eighth season with the team. And also I want to wrap up the third segment, uh, just because I was overwhelmingly positive in my sort of season wrap up, I want to give um, I want to give a time for the haters to uh, to shine. Uh, maybe I've been spending too much time on the internet. Perhaps it was too much time around the water cooler at my job. But I heard some haters out there criticizing the Blazers, and I feel like I didn't do the legitimate criticism of this Blazers season justice in my pod last night because I was feeling nostalgic about what a special trip it had been. Special trips, though, have bumps along the road, so I will address them in segment three. But first, let's start here with Damian Lillard. Uh, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports reported that Damian Lillard and the team, or Damian Lillard expects to sign a Supermax extension with the Blazers when he is eligible in July. Uh, To be eligible, like, this is kind of cart before the horse type of stuff, Uh, to be eligible for this extension... Uh, Dame would need to make an All-NBA team. We don't know. Those have not been announced yet. Uh, I believe they're going to be announced later this week. So that's, you know, that's coming. We'll get there. And once he's, once he gets that, then he's eligible for the extension. And then you can start, uh, talk about specifics, uh, more clearly, uh, 
Um, but importantly, I think just the sort of broad strokes, what signing this max deal would mean for Dame is that all that talk about him wanting to be a blazer for life and wanting to do it here and with this team and with this organization and how much, how much that would mean to him to be a guy who's with one franchise. He's talked about Dirk and Tim Duncan and, and Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, the, the guy who becomes synonymous with the Blazers. And he said so many times on the record, you know, he's not shy about saying it, Dame, it, that is, that he wants to be the greatest Blazer ever. This contract would help him take steps towards that. Uh, I've said before that it's it's more of a question if when we start to consider Damian Lode the Blazer, the greatest Blazer ever, not if. Um, he's going to own every statistical record, basically, if he, if he stays healthy and, and plays through the length of this deal through his age 34, you know, 13 years with the team. He's going to own every record. Minutes, points, assists. Uh, he'll crush three-pointers made. He'll crush free throws attempted and made. I mean, he's just – he'll be up there in the top ten in rebounds most likely just by virtue of playing a kajillion years with one franchise. He'll probably hold a ton of postseason records if, if they continue to just be a playoff-type team. Uh, you know, he might not get... He might not finish second in the MVP voting like Clyde did. He might not win a title in an MVP like um, Walton did. He might not make two NBA Finals, quite frankly. Win two Western Conference Championships like Clyde Drexler did. But the longevity uh, and what this era of Blazers will mean, he'll be the greatest Blazer of all time if he plays out this contract. I believe that. You don't have to. But I guess the other details of this Blazers extension that matter is that um, it's a whole bunch of money. Uh, by virtue of the way the collective bargaining agreement works, a super max contract is not a set dollar amount. It is a percentage of the salary cap. He would be eligible for 35%. Uh, it's not a cut and dry 35%, but that doesn't matter. That's we're splitting hairs. Uh, the numbers projections, this is courtesy of Bobby Marks of ESPN, former Nets assistant GM turned TV person. Dame would make 42.6 million in 21, 22, 46 flat, basically in 22, 23, 49 and a half in 23, 24. And he would close out that deal making $52.8 million in the 24-25 season. That's four years, 119, or excuse me, $191 million. It's a bunch of money. I think if you have pause about this contract, it's it's only that you would be overpaying Dame in at age 34. Guards don't necessarily age super well in the NBA. Uh, there just haven't been that many small dudes. Uh, and by that, I mean like under, you know, non, non-traditional big men, guys under 6'7", uh, who have been really, really elite at that stage in their careers. It's just, it is just rare for guys to be that good. But I think it's unequivocally the right decision. Should he make an all-NBA team, which I think we all expect him to, and should he should he the Blazers should offer him this contract and he should sign it. It's the right thing to do. Uh, even if he doesn't sign it, if he does, it's, you know, hypothetically, if he doesn't sign this deal, there's like, there's no magic that's coming in 2021 if he enters free agency. They're not going to just, Dame leaving doesn't make them more likely to sign an all-star, right? Like his cap space or his, like his money freeing up doesn't, doesn't help this team because that's just not, they're not going to be, I'm going to go out on a limb and say in 2021, they're not going to be players in free agency. 
So it's the right thing to do on both accounts. Uh, the last detail I'll, I'll touch on this, because I'll talk about more when this actually happens, is that there was some speculation that Dame could wait and sign this similar extension the following summer. So instead of the summer of 2019, the summer of 2020, he'd make a little more money, uh, something like $40 million over the life of the contract. But when you're talking $200 million, a guy like Dame who's now going to have signed uh, over three, $300 million worth of contracts in his NBA career, it's a wild number to think about when you say it out loud. He doesn't the, the 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 guaranteed money right now, right away. Let's go ahead and get this max is more important to him than the forty million dollars over the life of the contract. He'll have enough money. So will his great grandkids. This is more about locking it up and having that money there for you, waiting for you. I don't think it's super controversial. I think it's the right thing to do. Like I said, if you have pause, it's only about the back end of this contract. But I, but a team like Portland and for a player like Dame, you have to overpay now. Uh, be, you have to overpay in the future to, to benefit now. That's what I'm trying to say. I will say this. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the other max contract, the other super maxes that are floating around the league. Obviously, John Walls is kind of a mess. Russell Westbrook's doesn't look good. Uh, Chris Paul didn't sign a supermax, but he did sign a max contract as an older guard. His contract looks like a mess. So yeah, maybe in 2025, whatever, we'll think that this paying Damian Lillard $52 million is wild. And sure, that might be the case. But this opportunity to lock him up, and the Blazers aren't going to comment on this because, A, they don't really comment publicly on uh, on deals like this. Uh Neil Olshay did say that Dame's priority number one, which is basically his way of saying, sure, when he's eligible, we're going to do it. But he's not even eligible as of today when he spoke to the media, so uh, the speculation is not, there's no value in him speculating, but uh, I believe this will happen. And I think it's the right thing, even if it's kind of a crazy big dollar figure. Dame wasn't the only dude to get paid for the Blazers today. Terry Stotts also signed a multi-year extension. I want to talk about Stotts uh, agreeing to terms, what that means for the team in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you guys all about Yamble. Take your game day experience to the next level with Yamble. Yamble is the brand new sports predictions app that lets you predict what will happen the next play or the next few minutes of the game. Place your takes on the game and rack up points as the game plays out. The highest... The highest scores get paid out real cash every game. You heard me. That's real cash every game. Yamble's like HQ Trivia. So it's 100% free to download and play. And there's payouts each game. Just search Yamble on the Apple App Store on Google Play. That's Y-A-M-B-L-E. They're running games every night during the NBA playoffs. So download now. Start Yambling. That's Yamble. Like Gamble with a Y. So... Like I said, not a lot of news often comes out of these exit interview stuff. It's platitudes and it's um, it's it's guys doing their duty, you know, both media members and and players. They're, everyone's just doing their duty. We're sp- you're supposed to meet one final time, so you meet, you, you get what you get, you get your content for a few months, and then you wait until the NBA draft rolls around. But this was a newsworthy day out in Tualatin. 
when the last people to take the stage or the the step up to the microphone uh, were Neil Olshay, president of basketball operations, and head coach Terry Stotts, uh, as has become custom in Blazerland over the last few years. And after Neil answered a question about uh, keeping the team together and feeling pride and vindication, he broke a little news. And he said he's not considering signing Terry Stotts to an extension because Terry Stotts already signed an extension about 20 minutes before they walked up on stage. Stotts inked a multi-year deal to stay with the Blazers. Now, we, we haven't seen the all the details of, of what that's going to look like yet. Uh, as I'm recording this on Tuesday evening, they have not uh, popped. If they do, by the time by before I publish this, I'll add a little bit in right here. But assuming they don't, let's just talk about it in general. This is important because Damian Lillard has said he wants to play for Stotts as long as he's in Portland. And as much as giving him a Supermax contract is a valuable way to keep him happy, keeping him the coach that he publicly supports and publicly appreciates is a way to keep your star happy. Also, Terry Stotts has earned this new deal. He didn't. He's coached too well to go into this season as a lame duck. Uh, it also would put the Blazers in some jeopardy because if he feels like, hey, they don't appreciate me, maybe instead of, uh, you know, I don't know if Terry's wired this way, but there is a chance that if, if they don't offer them an extension and he, play, and he was to play out the following season under a one-year deal, maybe he would have some incentive to go look for a new gig. This gets rid of all that drama. It... it, it it helps you. It helps your relationship, strengthen your relationship with Dame. It keeps a successful and good coach involved with the franchise. Keeps him around. Uh, it also keeps his coaching staff, which uh, has has done really well developing players, uh, particularly kind of polishing B minuses and turning them into B pluses. That's the staff special. It keeps that group together and it keeps uh, Dame and Terry on the same rough timeline. Like I said, we don't know the details yet of Stotts's uh, contract, but you can assume it's, you know, two or three years at this stage in addition to the year he already has on his deal. So he'll be around a little bit longer and he can oversee the continuing build of this roster, a group that he's gotten the most out of. But I want to let you hear from him real quick. This is uh, some audio of Terry and Neil Olshay talking about uh, the extension and Terry's staff and their sort of the coaching staff's relationship to the team. No, obviously I'm, I'm pleased. Uh, I'm pleased with the season. I'm pleased uh, that we came to an agreement. Um, I'm very happy here. I'm happy with the team. Uh, this year was probably the most enjoyable year as a head coach as far as the group of guys that we had. And, um, you know, personally, uh, We've kind of gone through peaks and valleys over my tenure, and this is another peak. So, is um, uh, I couldn't be more I couldn't be more happy that uh, things have turned out the way they have personally and for the team. Neil, spe- specifically, what do you like about Terry leading this group? <laughs> we win every year. <laughs> you know, uh, winning you know. is important. <laughs> we can talk culture all you want. <laughs> you got to win. So. 
you know, I mean, look, it's year seven, we, six straight playoff appearances, right? Three trips to the second round, one to the conference finals, two division titles. I mean, and again, we still have one of the youngest rosters in the league. Our young players develop. Um, you know, there's a great partnership, you know, and, and you do have to win. But I, I think, you know, we saw this in the past. I mean, friends of Terry's and mine that, that won and because of extenuating circumstances that went beyond the, the, the win-loss record, they guys weren't retained. You know, so it's, it, it goes beyond just wins and losses. It's, it's alignment. It's partnership. It's knowing the organization is moving forward. Um, it's a commitment to a longer-term view that there are priorities beyond just the next game. And I think one of the things, you know, I'm most proud of of the coaching staff, wins and losses, you know, that happens. I mean, there's, there's injuries. Um, you know, there's guys that perform at a high level. Guys have down years. Everyone that's come through here has gotten better. And at heart, you're hiring a coach to be a teacher. And, you know, as we see the league get younger and younger, there's such a value placed, especially in a market like Portland, where we can't always buy our way out of trouble on developing our young players and finding reclamation projects and developing them. And I think when you look across the league, I don't know if anybody's had as much success as this staff of second-round picks panning out. Guys that have flamed out elsewhere becoming contributing and integral players. Um, and it is a culture and it's a style of play. And that that consistency, you know, when you asked, you know, Jason, a little bit about going forward, that's important. You know, I, I don't know that if we didn't have this consistency here that we get Rodney Hood to give up his bird rights, that we get Ennis Cantor to come in a buyout. And then once they came, that they would flourish. So I think the consistency that we have in terms of the kind of players that we acquire – the discipline that we have to know who will and won't succeed here, and entrusting the coaching staff that when we acquire guys that fit what we do on and off the court, they're going to be successful and their abilities are going to be maximized. So there you have it. Uh, Neil O'Shea, classically long-winded. Terry Stotts, classically never going to say more than he really has to. But I thought that was a uh, – I thought – Terry's comments, particularly calling this his most gratifying season, uh, we haven't heard him say that basically since the 2015 year when the Blazers were supposed to be terrible, won 44 games, and snuck into the playoffs. Excuse me, that was, that was 2015-16. He called that, at the time, his most gratifying year. Uh, it, it makes sense that this would be also on that list. So yeah, I, I think, you know, that, there's your big news of the day out of uh, X interviews. Terry Stott's going to hang around. But like I said, I think what I realized today is not everyone in the, the greater Rip City metropolitan and internet area is as uh, pleased with Terry Stotts and the team as, as uh, I thought they, they would be following this run. So uh, in the third segment, I want to just talk a little bit about uh, some some criticisms that I see as fair ones for the Blazers season that ended in the Western Conference Finals. But before I do that, I want to remind you guys about Yamble one more time. Yamble is a brand new sports predictions app that lets you predict what will happen the next play or the next few minutes of the game. Place your takes on the game and rack up points as the game plays out. Highest scores get paid out real cash every game. You heard me, real cash every game. Yamble's like HQ Trivia. It's 100% free to download and play, and there's payouts each game. Just search Yamble on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Y-A-M-B-L-E. They're running games 
every night during the NBA playoffs. So download now and start yambling. That's yamble, like gamble with a Y. So I spent 30 minutes, a half hour last night, talking about how special the Blazers' season was. Uh, And then when I got to uh, work this morning, I heard from some colleagues that were less than enthused with the way the Blazers' season played out. Um, Then I spent a little time on Twitter, one of the worst websites on the internet, and I saw plenty of people who were highly critical of the Blazers and saying they got swept, they stink, Terry Stotts got out, coach, Dame sucks, CJ sucks, all of the things you would kind of expect from the uh, from the internet. And maybe it's not fair to give uh, credence to these type of people's views, but I think it's fair to for me to address some criticisms that I see as reasonable. If you're talking about this Blazers team, this Blazers season, let's start with the big ones. Yes, the Blazers led by 17 in game two. They led by 18 in game three. They led by 17 in game four. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And if you feel like they should have won those games when they have a big lead against the team, particularly at home, you're not alone. Rodney Hood stopped short of saying we played outplayed the Warriors and corrected himself to say we played well enough to win in three games. Uh, Evan Turner told me that the most frustrating part about last night, the only reason he couldn't truly enjoy it in the moment is because he kept thinking about how the series could have easily been tied 2-2 or if a couple breaks had really gone the Blazers' rate, the way they'd be up 3-1 on the champs. So you're not alone. And I think it is a fair criticism to say the step that the Blazers need to take is closing out a good team. Being able to say, we've got a good team on the ropes, we're going to land a knockout blow. Particularly at home, particularly when they're not playing with Kevin Durant or Andre Iguodala or Boogie Cousins. I think that's a fair criticism. No nitpicking. The other thing I heard in sort of my uh, discovery of what... a what Blazer critics were saying was that Damon CJ didn't play well enough in this series to win, and that and and uh, you know particularly Dame got locked up. Uh, I you're not going to see me um, really come down super hard on Dame on this. And uh, apologies if you'd like me to. Um, I I think I don't think Dame played well or shot the ball well in this series. You know, 37 percent from the floor uh, heading into. Game four, he was flirting with having more turnovers in this series than field goals. He was having a real struggle against the Warriors' defense. But he's not the only one to struggle against this defense. I thought the Warriors did a really good job, particularly when healthy. You know, you know they obviously never had Kevin Durant, but particularly when Andre Iguodala was out there, of making it really tough on Dame, sending two guys to the ball and having Draymond Green play free safety behind him and just, you know, keeping Dame out of the paint. He shot the ball okay from three, uh, he just could not get into the rim and get clean looks. He couldn't get loose for any for any shots at at, at the paint. On, and his drives um, started just getting deterred, and he was he was taking um, he just wasn't going to the rack. I think it really changed when Myers Leonard got in the game. So if you want to point the finger at Terry Stotts and say should have gone to Myers Leonard earlier, that's a criticism um, that I think hangs a lot on how well Myers played in games three and four. I can't believe in your heart of hearts you thought Myers Leonard was going to have a career high and then another playoff career high back-to-back games against the defending champs 
in the Western Conference Finals. You can say that it was obvious that Cantor wasn't the choice and obvious that Zach wasn't the choice, so you've got to roll with somebody and maybe it's Myers. That's fair. If you want to point the finger at Stotts for not going to him a game sooner, for not trying him at all in game one, for not giving him a little more of a, of a chance in game two, sure. And that probably would have helped Dame get going a little bit. CJ, CJ also struggled. I, I saw that criticism as well, um, particularly down the stretch in fourth quarters. I think if you're saying you need CJ to be the hero that he was in Denver, I think that kind of overst- that understates how good he was against the Nuggets. Uh, it's why I hesitate to be super critical of him. The Blazers would not be there without a masterful performance in game uh in Game 7, I thought CJ was way better than Dame against Denver. In fact, I thought Dame had a worse offensive series against the Nuggets than he did against the Warriors. CJ was so clearly fantastic against the against the Denver that uh, it only highlighted how much he struggled against, uh, against Golden State, and particularly in the fourth quarter, particularly in crunch time, when the Blazers were watching those leads evaporate and they needed their second-best offensive player, their... Just a true shot maker to go make shots. CJ wasn't wasn't there for him. He was three for eighteen in the fourth quarter from in this series. One for eight from three point range. One for five from the free throw line. It's zero for six in the fourth quarter last night as the Blazers saw their lead evaporate and their season come to an end. So if if that's a criticism you want to lay against CJ McCollum, if those are criticisms you want to lay against uh, Damian Lillard, that's fine. I'm not going to join you in that, but I think that's fine. If that's, if that's how you view this team in this season, that is your right as a fan. These are fair criticisms. That's why I'm highlighting them. The other thing I saw was the way the game ended, the way the season specifically ended for the, for the Blazers. Was the ATO that Terry Sotch drew up with 3.3 seconds left in game four was a fading corner three-pointer for Damian Lillard. Now, I understand what you're saying. Uh, you want to hope to get a better shot. But think back to the first round series. You get Dame a chance to hoist up a three-pointer against Oklahoma City. You feel really good about it, and that is good coaching. You let Dame shoot it, it's a good. It's just a good coaching job. Um, it wasn't a great look. Terry Stotts explained that the play had a couple options. Dame was the first read. There was also a read for CJ. And then if they switched everything or messed up a switch, Myers could get down the lane for a quick dunk to tie. But the Blazers went for the win. I respect going for the win there. Clay Thompson just played really good defense. Uh, if you want to say it's got to be better, Terry's got to drop a better play. Uh, most of the plays where he, where the Blazers were successful late late in games this season, is when his guards refused to let him draw up plays. CJ saying, you know, go one go one four flat against uh, against Denver, and I'll win, and I'll go get us a bucket in Game Seven, or or Dame saying uh, them not calling a timeout, and Dame just waving everyone down to the baseline in Game Five against OKC. But they didn't have the luxury. They didn't have the luxury to go one four flat and let these dudes create. It was a it's a late clock situation. Everybody knows what the deal is. So I didn't I, I don't I see that as a as a fair criticism in that yes, it wasn't a great shot, and yes, it ended the season, and I understand why people are mad. I 
probably don't share those criticisms. Uh, like I said, my my if I was pointing to a problem that or an issue with Terry in the series, it was um, maybe not just leaning on Myers in Game Two right away. But you're allowed to criticize your favorite team. That's what it's like to be a fan. You're also allowed to tell all your friends about Lockdown Blazers. That's what you should really do as a fan. Tell them they can find this podcast on the Himalaya app. They can also find it on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, streaming on Spotify. There's more Blazer news coming this week. You can count on it. I'll talk to you all then. Appreciate you listening.